Good morning. Hey, um, I'm not going to fake it this morning. I really have had a tough week. It's been a challenging week. And I know some of you, it's been a challenging week too. And uh, even this morning, I barely made it here this morning. Uh, I made it like a couple minutes before service. It usually does not happen. I'm usually here a couple hours before service. Um, so you almost didn't have me preach today, which I don't know if you guys would have noticed I was gone or anything, but it's okay. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, uh, we're adjusting to two kids, one newborn, and it's sometimes tough. <laughs> and so um, I know that I had emailed everyone about introducing our, our clusters and our cluster leaders this morning, and um, I'm sorry, but I will not be able to do that this morning can I have a grace day, please, um, a grace week? Uh, we, I think it would be best if we did it next week. We've got three weeks um, that we will have to plug into one of these clusters, which is going to be exciting. We've got four clusters that are going to be available. And um, remember, these are mid-sized missional communities, and this is going to be um, a huge part of our vision here at Wendover Hills of uh, awakening one more soul to experience life in Jesus Christ. So be ready for that. Come back next week. Invite your friends, your family, everyone that um, is not plugged into somewhere in a, in a body of Christ and that would be able to uh, be a part of this um, awesome movement here at Wendover Hills, okay? So I apologize again. I uh, just wanted to be more prepared than, than we would have been for this week as far as preparing for uh, introducing the clusters for, to everyone, okay? Um, before we go into prayer, is there anyone that, that has anything that is heavy upon their heart that you just need us to pray for? today, this morning. I know we normally don't do this, but I just thought if there's anything specific that uh, we could really be praying about this morning. Yes, Deb? Salvation for your father. Okay. All right. Jeff? Okay. Okay. Skip Thomas. Okay. Okay. Anyone else? Yeah. Okay. Amen. All right. Awesome. His name's uh, Josh. Anyone mm-hmm. else? Okay. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Okay. So bow your heads with me. Abba, Father. We come to you right now in humility and seeking of your grace and seeking um, of all that you have to give to us. We are thankful, Father, for this group called Wendover Hills here, the people represented in these um, seats here this morning. Some have had challenging weeks. Some have had a wonderful week. We give you praise for both. 
We pray right now, Father God, for Deb Rainer's father, her earthly father. And we pray for his salvation. We know how saddening it can be to have family and friends that don't know you or have yet to surrender their life to you. When we know that it is so awesome to know you personally as our God, as our Lord, and as our Savior. I pray, Father God, we pray together by faith that you would move deep and down and deep down into um, Deb Rainer's father's heart tonight and even now as we speak that he would be flooded with emotion that he would be flooded with the reality that he needs a savior and I pray father that you would just um, enter into his uh, conscience right now Lord to wake him to that reality Pray for Todd's son, Josh, that he would be open to coming to this service, that he'd be open to fellowshipping with other believers, that he may know the true living God. And though there are other religions out there that are false, because there is no other God but you, May he not be swayed by any of those. Protect him from the evil one and lead him home. We pray for Jeff's friend, Skip, and pray, Father God, that um, for this recovery, for this surgery, you know how um, what his condition is physically and emotionally right now. And I pray, Father, that you would just um, invade his life and bring upon your peace like you never have before. It's the peace that the Bible talks about is, is uh, without even understanding. We, we just can't even comprehend it. It is, it is amazing peace that you and only you can give. You are the Prince of Peace. We pray, Father, for that upon Skip and upon his family and pray for a speedy recovery. We also pray for Suzanne's nephew and this uh, gallbladder um, surgery that he is facing coming soon. We pray, Father, that um, he may be able to put his hope and his trust in you and to know that it's all under in, in your control and that he can be at peace with that as he goes through the surgery. I pray for uh, peace upon his family as well, Father. And now, Lord Jesus, uh, we pray for this church. We're entering into a new vision here in, the, in early February. And for many of us, sometimes that can be scary. Change can be scary. But I pray, Father God, that if this is truly your will, that we would see mighty things happen here. 
and not only here, but outside of these walls. Would you empower us, Lord, to be the people you've called us to be? Would you empower us, each and every one of us, Lord, to be the person you've called us to be? We are yours. We are forever yours. And I pray, Father, if there's someone in here today that doesn't know if they're yours or not, that they would make that decision by the end of this service. And that one day we can just have a huge party in heaven celebrating your goodness, celebrating you, falling at your feet and worshiping you, Lord, and thanking you for saving us from hell. Thanking you for giving us a life that is a full life. Regardless if we go up to the mountaintop or if we're in the valley, we can know that we have joy in you. We praise you today, Jesus. There is none like you. There's never been anyone like you. You are our God. We worship you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it was about uh, four or five years ago that I went on a trip by myself. And remember when I go on a trip by myself in a vehicle, that's scary. And that was back in the MapQuest days. They didn't have GPSs in. I'm already feeling old about that. But uh, as I was traveling, I was traveling to Wisconsin, and it was about a 10-hour drive. I was traveling to a, a convention. I wanted to hear some of my favorite speakers that preach the gospel. Um, I wanted to hear them speak. And so I headed out there by myself, and while I was there at the convention, they had an offering time. And during that offering time, I decided to give my all. And boy, did I did. I gave it all. I gave everything I had. Then when I got into my um, old beat-up van, I realized, <laughs> oh, that was my gas money. And I've still got 10 hours left on my trip and a half a tank. Not good. And I did not own a credit card or debit card. So on the way back uh, to Indiana from Wisconsin, as I was traveling, I was praying like crazy. Let's just put it that way. I was praying like a madman, all right, with my eyes open. Don't worry. But I was praying. I was praying, our God, please help me make it to the driveway of my house because if I don't, it's going to look ugly, you know. And I'm in this beat-up van this old van, and I'm driving, I'm praying, I'm driving, I'm praying. And I'm not kidding you, with probably like an hour, hour and a half, two hours left, I was on E. And I was driving basically on fumes. I mean, I was just barely making it. And eventually, I coasted into my driveway. It was an incredible time, and it's something I always remember. But I think sometimes it's also a picture of our spiritual life sometimes. You ever feel like you're running on fumes? Feel like you've got almost nothing left? And um, sometimes we find ourselves broken down on the side of the highway of life. And it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> it's not a pretty place to be. So we're going to talk about prayer today. Because our next life shape is the hexagon praying as a way of life, okay? And this is so key. Now, 
I've covered uh, Matthew uh, chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, otherwise known as the Lord's Prayer, in a prayer series we did um, a couple months ago, okay? But I wanted to refine this for you as far as uh, from what I taught you last time to make it more um, uh, easier for you to, to understand, to memorize, and then also um, to make it more applicable to your life as well. So um, it's not the same sermon I'm preaching last time, so don't worry about that. This is a new sermon on the same passage, but this is through uh, now our life shape, our next life shape, the hexagon, okay? So how many, sh- or how many sides does the hexagon have, everyone know? Very good, all right, six, very good, six-sided shape. So we're going to talk about the hexagon today and how we can, how we can um, apply this to li- our life because uh, prayer is, is by far, um, we, I mean, prayer is so incredibly important because prayer is, a, is basically our relationship with God. And when we don't have a prayer life or we don't think we need a prayer life, uh, things get ugly, don't they? They get messy and we run on spiritual fumes and it's not a good thing. I think for many of us, prayer is like the national anthem at a football game. It gets the game started but simply has no connection to what's going on on the field. It's, in other words, it's a courtesy. And for other of us, uh, prayer can be like uh, putting money into a Coke machine. And after putting that money in the Coke machine, you push the button to receive your Coke, and it doesn't work. And you push it again. It doesn't work. You know what I'm talking about, right? You push it again, it doesn't work. And then what's your next step? You kick it, right? You kick the Coke machine, and finally you just throw your hands up in the air, you walk away, and you say, forget it. And sometimes when we look at our prayer life like that, as we know we're supposed to pray, we know that's the Christian thing to do, but yet we don't believe it actually works. And so we want to talk about prayer because in James 5.16, the Bible says the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And you may be saying, well, I've been made right with God, but I'm not experiencing a powerful prayer life. What's up with that, right? Well, the disciples faced the same issue. Uh, So finally, one day, they told Jesus, they, they said to Jesus in Luke 11, verse 1, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Because they saw something in Jesus' prayer life that was missing in theirs. You see, um, back then, uh, everything to the disciples was like formalized. It was a formalized prayer. You know, there's really no um, strong connection with God. We know we're supposed to do it, right? But there was, it was almost like, okay, we've we got to say our prayers, right? Like we'd say our prayers before every meal because it's the right thing to do, right? Or someone else is watching us, so we've got to do the Christian thing. Or we say our prayers before bedtime because we know that's what we taught. Now I lay me down and sleep. I pray the Lord's will. All right. But we say we got, we got to do these prayers and these disciples, there was, there was like really no strong connection. And they see Jesus praying uh, many times because prayer was just intertwined in it, into Jesus' life. I mean, it was, I mean, he always was, was communicating to the Father. And when they saw this, they craved how Jesus prayed to the Father. And so they say, Lord, teach us to pray. And so Jesus says, okay, you want to pray? Pray like this. Now, all of our ears should perk up at this point as we're reading the Scriptures. Because if Jesus said, this is how you should pray, we think, this is probably how we should pray. I mean, this is, the ma- this is it. That's why we, we call it the Lord's Prayer. All right? Also known as the Lord's Prayer there. 
So in Matthew chapter 6, if you want to go ahead and turn there with me, let's see this prayer that Jesus tells them to pray. Now we know in this prayer, it's not that we have to pray it word by word. All right, That's not what Jesus was talking about because Jesus is not into repeti- repetition uh, uh, that is just uh, um, aimless and, and with no passion or with, or with no meaning. But rather he said, this is how you should pray. And so we're going to talk about six um, uh, phrases that's going to help you memorize this, this prayer and also to apply it to your life and to pray through this um, in whatever circumstance that you're going through in your life. Okay, So let's read this here. And I'm reading from the NIV version. Chapter 6, verse 9 in Matthew. Jesus said, this, is, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. And just let this sink in, by the way, as I'm reading this. Just let it really filter through your system. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's a powerful prayer, but you might be saying, uh, and, and this is the most comprehensive prayer Jesus gives us, that we can't improve on this prayer. But you may be saying, well, this doesn't cover, like, uh, how do you treat your kids when they're going ballistic? Or, you know, how, how do you, you know, like, this doesn't, this doesn't um, cover uh, this and that and the other. As we go through this, you'll start to see that, that uh, this whole prayer covers everything that we need in our life and, um, and that it will help us uh, to be able to enter into a passionate life with Christ as we pray this prayer, okay? So let's go to the hexagon here, praying as a way of life. We've got the life shape up there. Did it work? Sweet. All right, cool. Um, and before we get to that, too, I want to I you remind you, too, that, that prayer, uh, as we saw that up there before I went to the life shape there, prayer becomes powerful when it gets personal. Uh, we, when we have powerless prayer life, a lot of times it's because we have no connection to God, no relationship with God. But it's all about a relationship. I remember hearing um, um, uh, many people growing up saying, uh, especially when I've been in the ministry, saying, you, you know, I, I say my prayers and I do this, and I do that, and I say my... And I can just sense when they're talking about that that it's more about really a method or, or more about um, um, just something you're supposed to do rather than, you know, I met with my Creator this morning. I met with my Lord, my Savior. Uh, I, I met with the Prince of Peace. I met with Jesus, you know, like, like I met with Jesus this morning. That's a lot different than I said my prayers today. It's a lot different. And we want to tap into that power because this is amazing what happens when you get to know Christ at a personal level. And prayer becomes powerful when it gets personal. All right? And, and also, um, we see this is true because in the verses 5 through 8 leading up to the Lord's Prayer in, in Matthew chapter 6 is that Jesus shows you what prayer is not. Right? It talks about when you pray, uh, do not be like a hypocrite, for they love to stand praying in the synagogues, right? They like praying out loud. It, it, Jesus is saying, it's not about a show here, all right? And it goes on to say, don't, don't keep on babbling in your prayer, right, as if you're, you know, your word's going to be heard. Uh, Jesus, you know, th- this is not about a self-righteous act here. It's not a show. It's not a self-righteous act. This is a relationship with me. So don't try your 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 
pettiness and, and try to throw this fake stuff at me because it's not going to work. All right? I mean, it's like we, I, I could stand up here and just give this grand, huge, humongous prayer with all the fine words in the world and not have my heart um, in tune with God at all. And that's fake and that's hypocritical. We don't want to be like that. We don't want to be like that. So Jesus is like, you want to know how to pray? This is how you pray. So our ears perk up and we see, okay, what is it, Jesus, that you want to tell us? So we see in verse 9, then let's split these up verse by verse here. Verse 9 says, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So write down this first phrase, the Father's character. Okay, the Father's character. It's interesting, Jesus uses the word Father. Uh, the Aramaic word he used, Abba, is an informal name we often translate as Daddy. How many of you have ever prayed to God by starting with the name Daddy? Any of you? Yeah. It may even seem awkward to you. Like, wow, we can really get that personal with God? Absolutely. Jesus did. And uh, the disciples weren't used to it. I bet they were blown away when Jesus first said that. When he said, our father, you know, our daddy. And so uh, Jesus uses an intimate word for an intimate God. Um, And it's almost like this. Have you ever, for those of you that have children, uh, have you ever had your child call you by your first name? (laughs) Ella's been doing that lately just, just because she knows that it gets on her nerves. Um, you ever had it, 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 it's, it's cute okay I mean, let's not get it wrong it's cute and it's funny but it doesn't seem personal does it it's like whoa that does not sound right at all or have you ever called your parents by their first name I mean I still call my, my dad dad I don't, I don't call him Jim you know hey Jim you know that doesn't seem right and the same way with God it's like you know hey this is our father it's awkward to him when you look at him like there's nothing between... You're in heaven, I'm on earth, there is nothing. I mean, you... Some of you call him the, the man upstairs. I've heard that one before. Uh, where are some other ones you guys know? Anyone else know? Some of, these, uh, some of these other names that we use for God. But God's like, hey, you know, call, call me Father, call me friend, call me Savior, call me Lord. Um, you know, yes, we were servants of the Most High, but we're also God's friend. We're also um, His son, His daughter. It's personal. You know, so we, we want to make sure we get... So Jesus says, Our Father. It's amazing. It's our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed means to sanctify, to make holy. Right? We want to make God's name... We want to represent God's name to the fullest here on earth. Right? I, I remember wearing... Uh, uh, one of uh, Matt Beasley's shirts that had, uh, remember some of those he passed out when he was here and he spoke. It, the shirt said, Rep the King. Rep, you know, like represent. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you guys knew the lingo. Uh, Rep the King. And like I was wearing it uh, one day when it, was, when it was hotter out. It's not hot now, but when it was hotter outside and I was walking out outside the store and I had someone actually call a man from his car in the back seat, had his window cracked and actually called for me from his car. He's like, hey, come here, come here. I'm like, all right. So I walked over there. Not sure if I was going to get shot or not. And um, probably wasn't the smartest move on my part. But I walked up to the car, and he's like, hey, what does that shirt mean? 
I was like, awesome. So they're talking about repping the king, you know, um, uh, you know, making God's name holy on earth, um, uh, representing his name to the fullest, you know. Uh, I've had even many times where, where Candace and I have been in uh, movie theaters where they just say GD, 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 and we just walk out. I don't think so, you know. I don't think so. I'm not going to let God's name be profaned like that. I'm not going to support that at least. I'll walk out. So it's, it's one of those things. Hallowed be your name. Make this sanctify your name here on earth as it is in heaven, okay? And so he goes on to say then, verse 10, and here's the second one, second phrase, it's the Father's kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we think of kingdom, we should also think of kingship. Because we don't just serve just any king. We serve the king. The king of kings and the lord of lords. Isn't it amazing? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're part of this kingdom that, that Christ is talking about. Think about the value that God has placed on your life. That you are able to interact with a king and as it talks about your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's important to note the key word in our life as Christians, submission. Submission. I know it's the S word. It's hard to say, isn't it? Why don't you say it with me? Submission. All right? Not our will be done, but God's will be done. All right? Laying aside our... Um, our personal desires and all these other things because God knows the desires of your heart anyway and just laying it down before him, God, what would you have me do today? God, where do you want to lead me? God, where do you want to take me? God, where do you want to use me? God, how do you want me to act in this situation? How do you want me to respond to this person who just totally dissed me? Right? Submission. So then we go on. Give us today our daily bread. Here's the Father's provision. What is your bread? The bread could be represented by food, shelter, clothing, money to pay for those things, employment, health in your bodies, strength in your spirit. What is your food that you're asking for today, your daily bread? It says daily. Not weekly, not monthly, not yearly, but, but daily. Why daily? So that we can remain content in Jesus Christ. Remember the guy in Proverbs chapter 30? Verses 7 through 9, Two things I ask of you, O Lord, do not refuse me before I, before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and still and so dishonor the name of my God. That guy got it, didn't he? He knows what the daily bread's about. Uh, do you trust that Christ can provide for you? of what you need at the moment that you need it. A good reminder is in the book of Exodus, chapter 16, when the Israelites were going through the desert because they had disobeyed God, right? But God still provided for them, didn't he? And in Exodus, Exodus chapter 16, it talks about the manna that God provided, this bread-like substance, every day. Well, actually, he rained it down for six days and on the sixth day he doubled it because he didn't want anyone to do any work on the seventh day which is the Sabbath day and let them know that hey you guess what I'm going to provide for you even then 
You don't even have to gather it on the seventh day. Gather there enough, enough on the sixth day, and you'll have enough for the seventh day. Every single day. And if it was, uh, uh, wasn't used up by the end of the day, um, it basically spoiled. And it started over the next day. God provided every day. They were in the desert for years. And God provided every day. Do you trust that God can provide for you? It's a Father's provision. Or have you even asked? Sometimes we don't even ask God. So what is your daily bread there? Then we go on. Jesus says, and this is one of the most amazing verses in this um, prayer, forgive us our debts. All right, debts, another term for sin. As we have also forgiven our debtors. And this is all about the cross, isn't it? Forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And Jesus went to the cross for you and I. He paid the sin penalty that we caused and bore the marks and died upon the cross and rose again to defeat death, to defeat sin. And that should have been us up there. But God took our place. He took your place. He took my place. And because of that amazing, unconditional love, we are also to grant that to others. We are also to give that away. Because many times we want to hold on to things, hold on to grudges, hold on to people that have wronged us and mistreated us, said bad things about us behind our backs. And it's so easy to get wrapped into that and to hold on to that for years to the point where your heart is so hardened. Maybe there's someone that you can think of in here today that you need to forgive. You need to let go. Because Jesus says here, even later on in the verse, in, in, in that prayer, or after the prayer there, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's a pretty important aspect of our life, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's pretty critical, isn't it? That our relationship with God can be really disrupted if we do not have forgiving hearts. Why? Because Christ forgave us. It says, the Bible says, even while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Can you imagine someone slapping you in the face, just going right up and just slapping you in the face? And the next minute, a guy comes in with a gun and says, all right, which one, you want, which one am I going to kill here? Would you say, yeah, just kill me. It's me. Let me step in his place. The guy just slapped you in the face. Most of us would be like, peace. Right? And walk the other way. But no, it's what, what Christ did for us. He stepped in and he took it for us, even while we were still sinners. And we were to express that, that type of grace, that kind of mercy, that kind of forgiveness to other people as well. Um... I know recently, uh, big time in the news, as we, we've heard the holiday scare on, the, on the, one of the, uh, the planes uh, flying, I think it was from Detroit or something like that. But they had, uh, they had a, a, it was just a big security problem where, where someone had gotten through and could have ended up blowing up a plane. And so now we've got even, we've even pushed up our security measures at the airport even more than they already are. And remember, they're talking about this full, like this whole body scan thing that they're doing that they may end up going to. Other, some of them have already gone to this, 
um, and kind of letting go of the metal detector. So basically this whole body scan is very controversial because you can see basically everything. It's like, okay, I'm not going to the airport anytime soon, all right? I just got to walk through there. So hopefully I've got my best, you know, boxers on or whatever. You're like walking through, it's like, my goodness, all right? You can see everything. And, um, and, and, and many people are, are very upset about that because people don't like to be exposed, do they? Well, here's some news for you. I don't know if you know this, but uh, God's got a little bit of insight into your life. Uh, he can see right through you. He can see the junk that's hiding in your heart. He can see the goodness. He can see all of those things. It's laid out before him. So don't ever think you're trying to hide anything from God. Maybe there is somebody that you need to forgive today. And so then Jesus goes on. We'll split up this next verse into two parts here. That was the Father's forgiveness. Now we're moving on to the Father's guidance. It says, and, let, and lead us not into temptation. Now we know that God does not tempt us. In the, in the book of James it talks about that. God does not tempt us, all right? Because uh, God can't be tempted, nor does he tempt anyone. But it's basically saying here that, that we would not have to hit temptation straight on, but rather that he would guide us around the temptation, all right? It's the Father's guidance. In John chapter 12, verses 27 through 28, you remember when Jesus was at one of his toughest hours of his life on earth, where he was about to be handed over, beaten, and then hung to die on a cross. As he was in that, uh, as he was about to be in the Garden of Gethsemane there, he says, now my heart is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And that's what we want to do. We want to glorify God's name um, by how we, we, we uh, uh, fit when we face temptation, when we, can, and we ask for God's guidance around that temptation. Uh, I, I know for, for me, <laughs> I'll let you a little insight into my, um, into my nutrition. If I start off the day by eating, like, say, Pop-Tarts or something that is just not healthy for you, the rest of my day, I end up making bad choices for food. For lunch, I'll have something greasy. And then for dinner, I'll overeat. You know, it's like, it's a, it's like a decision, like, every time, right after another, right after another, right after another. And it's like, oh, it's horrible. And, they, and, they, and I see this as um, almost... And also, when I, when I eat something good in the morning, like, say, a banana, uh, uh, a chocolate uh, protein shake, something like that, and, and, then, and then I start to make wise decisions throughout the day with my food as well. And we look at this as, like, um, spiritual food from the start of the day, you know. When we spend time with God to start off our day and, and things like that, we start to make better and wiser decisions so that once we come to that, maybe to temptation or whatever, that God would be able to help us in our time of need there. So then let's move on to the last one here, and, and here's the Father's protection. But deliver, deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one, okay? Um, we know we have an enemy. And if you don't believe in the enemy, if you think Satan's like the boogeyman or something like that, I'm here to tell you, no, uh, Satan is real, okay? He's the real deal, and he is seeking to destroy your life. Uh, evil is seeking to destroy your life, and we need God's protection. Uh, we are not in... We're not in like a battle. We are in a battle. I don't know if you realize that or not, but we are in a battle as Christians, okay? 
and Satan wants to disrupt your life. But God came to give you life to the full. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that uh, we're putting on the full armor of God as Ephesians 6 talks about so that we can stand up against the devil's schemes. It said, uh, um, the Bible talks about staying firm and resist the devil and he will flee from you, right? And so what we need is we need God's protection because uh, constantly uh, he's tr- uh, Satan's trying to drag us down, right? So as we talked about each of these here, uh, each of these, uh, phrases in each of these uh, verses here in, in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, the concept of prayer is, is really closely related to, like I want to compare it to, like the sheepdog, all right? And like the, the, the sheepdog who, who helps the shepherd uh, round up the sheep is always trained. And, and one, of, one of the most well-trained dogs in the world is the sheepdogs, right? And what they're trained to do is to always end up at the master's feet. Uh, they learn to round up the sheep, keep them in the fold, box them in, run and corner them. Um, the dogs come right back to the master's feet. And a, a good shepherd dog will always find himself at the master's feet looking for the next instruction that he is to, um, uh, to take on. And that's prayer. That prayer is that abiding relationship where believers stay at the master's feet looking for the next instruction, looking for whatever it is that is pleasing to our Father. So here's some practical ways of, of putting the hexagon in, uh, um, into practice this week here. For each of those phrases there, we've got um, uh, the Father's character, the kingdom, the provision, forgiveness, um, Father's guidance, and the Father's protection. Um, through each of those, pray each of those through your situation, okay? So whatever situation that you find yourself in right now that is troubling and you need to be able to take it to God, um, take it through. Take it through the Lord's prayer. I came up with just a, a prayer that uh, say, um, if you're looking to forgive a friend, all right, this is like something that you could pray here. Father, you are awesome. You are the creator of all things, including forgiveness. I want to reflect your attitude towards all people. Let me see this friend, this this friend who hurt me the way that you see him. He said some hurtful words about me behind my back. And even though my first instinct is to get in revenge, I will not take that route. Instead, I submit to your will and desire what you desire. You desire reconciliation and restoration. Help me to head in that direction. I want to forgive this person and love him as before. But apart from your help, I can't do this. Thank you for hearing me, Daddy. Thank you for beginning to change my, the condition of my heart. And thank you for forgiving me so that I can forgive others. Protect me from evil thoughts of revenge or hatred. I rest knowing this situation is in your mighty hands. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, it's praying through. Did you catch all those in the, in the hexagon? Praying through the Lord's Prayer there. That's the one way of doing it. Uh, another way is, is that you pray through each phrase until one sticks, being prompted by the Holy Spirit. So as you're praying through the Lord's Prayer, that maybe uh, you end up on... Um, uh, maybe the daily food, right? God's provision. And as you, as, as you feel like, you know what? I've got this unbelievable bill I've got to pay by the end of the month. I don't know how it's going to happen. Start praying about that. Start praying more about what God, how, how's this going to work? What do, you, what do I need to do? What do how, how's it going to be possible that I, I pay this bill by the end of the month? Or maybe it's um, um, uh, something that you just stick on the Father's character from the very beginning, our Father, and you just start worshiping God uh, for who he is and what he has done in our life. 
All right, so that's one way of doing it as you pray through it and allow the Holy Spirit to stick on one of those. Um, another way is to pray each phrase at different times of the day, right? So maybe you do it every three hours. Maybe it's like uh, 6, 9, noon, 3, 6, 9, and, and, you, and you start to pray at 6 o'clock in the morning. You, you begin with the Father's character, and you're worshiping Him. Later on, when it gets around to lunchtime, you pray for God's provision. Thank you, Father, for providing for my daily, my daily bread. Uh, maybe at the times uh, during the day where you feel like you're most tempted by whatever you're tempted by, that you would start praying that, that prayer. Maybe you could set your phone to beep every three hours, right? And to go off. It doesn't have to be a, a three, four-hour prayer, okay? Uh, the Bible does not describe how long we are supposed to pray. That I'll relieve you, okay? Does not describe. Now, it doesn't mean that we just kind of brush him off as we're falling asleep in our bed. That's different. Remember, this is a relationship, okay? But it doesn't talk about, you know, how long we, we uh, um, are supposed to pray. Um, and even though Jesus talks about uh, closing the door to your room and, and, and praying to your Father who is unseen, uh, really does not always specify the where either, okay? Um, when Jesus was, was saying that, he was, he was meaning, you know, get alone where you can get somewhere to be silent with the Father. I mean, we don't see Jesus going into his house. Right? I mean, we don't even really hear about Jesus' house in the Bible, right? I mean, it was um, Jesus at a mountaintop, Jesus... Uh, uh, with his disciples, Jesus uh, in front of a crowd, Jesus by himself in a solitude place, wherever it may have been, okay? So these are some ways, some practical ways of, of, of being able to put that prayer into practice, okay? So praying through each of these, through your situation, praying through each, uh, till, uh, through the fr- each phrase until one sticks, or pray each phrase at different times of the day. And, and um, you know, what would happen in our lives and in the life of our church if we began to take Jesus' prayer to heart. Um, maybe we would want to pray more. <laughs> maybe we would want to spend some time in deep conversations with our Father. Uh, maybe we would see the impossible become possible. Um, but uh, whatever it may be, I mean, God wants to hear from you today and wants to um, interact with you. So I'll leave you here with uh, this quote by Jim Cimbala, who's written um, a couple books on prayer. Uh, He said this, The more we pray, the more we sense our need to pray. And the more we sense a need to pray, the more we want to pray. Right? So I think it would be appropriate at this time to go to our Father in prayer. If you would close your eyes, bow your heads. Take whatever prayer posture you feel is appropriate at this time. Um, May it line up with what your desire for God is at this moment. And let's pray to our Father. Lord Jesus, thank you for the ability, the opportunity to come to you every single day at any moment at any time Lord it's amazing that you created a way for us to be able to communicate to God because of what you did on the cross we have this access to now being able to to speak to our father the one who created everything everything we see around us I mean it is incredible that we can talk to our Creator. 
in a personal way. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us life and that life to the full. I pray, Father, that today we would be um, encouraged and that we would also have such a strong desire to go to you more than we do right now. Not because we feel guilty. You don't want that. We don't want to come to you out of guilt. We want to come to you because we love you. We want to come to you because we know that you'll hear our prayer. Father, help us in our life, even in our crazy, busy schedules, to be able to take that time to spend with you because it means (laughs) everything. If you're number one as we claim that you are, then may we go to you more than we do. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for this day, this time to share in your word. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Please stand and join us as we... uh...